The ghostly harp music had given Carol Marlowe her first clue that something out of the ordinary was brewing. She'd listened to those ethereal strains inside her head for weeks now, a sure sign that her subconscious and her extrasensory perception were working in tandem, about to spring a surprise. She already had a feel for what was coming. The melancholy melody spoke to her of days gone by, tears of grief and long-lost love. Actually, she found the mental music damn depressing. Taking all this into account, when she picked up the phone in the Pullman kitchen of her mountain house that frosty February morning in 1992, she wasn't surprised to hear the troubled male voice at the other end of the line. She was surprised by her own warm, totally female reaction to that deep, lazy drawl. Ms. Marlowe? Sorry to bother you so early. The stranger sounded almost defensive. This is Detective Captain Frank Longpree of the Nolans Police Department. I've put off calling you for a good while, but... Well, the point is, I need your help. The instant he said New Orleans, a series of visions, like images flashed too quickly on a screen, zapped in and out of Carol's head. She saw again the heavy fog in some watery, marshy place that had been a part of her dreams these past weeks. With a shudder, she visualized a snake coiled to strike. She glimpsed a man and a woman embracing, and through it all, she heard the harp playing and a child crying pitifully. How can I help you, Captain Longpre? She guessed that her clairvoyant powers had prompted this call. She knew, too, that she could, and would, use them to help him. The man hesitated, as most people did when they were forced to call a psychic detective as a final resort. They never wanted to admit that they believed in such powers. Captain Longpray? She prompted. Yes, ma'am. I'm still here. Again, that sexy, deep voice with its distinct Louisiana drawl. Can I be real honest with you, Miss Marlowe? Please, she answered. I don't see what help anybody can be on this case. I mean, it's like nothing I've ever run up against in all my years on the force. To be right honest with you, ma'am, my boss closed the file on this one last week, but I just can't get it out of my craw. I've got to know what happened. What do you think happened? I'm not real sure, he admitted. Could be murder, could be not. And even if it was murder, what then? There'd be no one left to try for the crime. You see, ma'am, this woman's been dead a long time, and we don't even know who she was. She? For an instant, the ghastly, staring eyes from Carol's nightmare returned to haunt her. Yes, ma'am. A fisherman found her body in a bayou a couple of days after Christmas. I reckon she'd been down in the mud for a right good while. Oddest damned thing. The corpse is preserved. Mummified, like, as if she died just a few days ago. But that can't be. Carol frowned and rubbed at her forehead. A headache was starting. His words were like deja vu. Speeded up visions came rushing through her mind like a runaway freight train. She was getting a sense of very distant grief.
of confusion and hopelessness. Captain, just how long do you think this woman's been dead? Months? Years? Decades? He hesitated for several seconds before answering. Finally, Carol heard a long sigh and then, Ma'am, I'd say generations is more likely. No telling how long she may have been out there in that swamp. Now it was Carol's turn to take a deep breath and let it out slowly. The kaleidoscope of visions in her head made her slightly dizzy. She leaned against the kitchen counter for support, then glanced down at the telephone scratch pad. All the while they'd been talking, Carol had been idly doodling the words, Elysian Fields.